morning, everybody. So good to be with you. Hey, listen, while you're standing, if you could help me give God praise for the angels of this house, your uh, pastors, your man and woman of God, can we give it up for them on this morning? Amen. And we, I don't know about you, but I so appreciated worship this morning and uh, the music ministry, and they just did an incredible job. So can we give it up for all of them? And last but certainly not least, the Holy Ghost is in the house. Amen, amen, amen. And he's come to remove every burden and destroy every yoke by the power of God. And on this morning, I want to remind you that you don't have a problem God can't solve. And you don't have a situation he can't fix. And you don't have a sickness that he's not already healed. He says, I am that I am. I'm whatever you need me to be on this morning. And so he's here to help you on this morning. So glad to be with you. And so I'm going to pray. And uh, and once I pray, I'm going to let you have your seat. And then we'll make a declaration of faith. And I'm going to get right into the word of God on today. And so let's pray. Father, we just thank you for our time. Time together uh, with these, your precious people, the very sheep of your pasture. I thank you that their eyes, their ears, their hearts and minds are open to receive this word. And so I thank you for good seed, which is the word of God that will fall on the good ground, which is their hearts. And Lord, we know it will produce a harvest in their lives. Now, I can't do it without you. I need your anointing upon me right here and right now that the people of God might be encouraged, edified and uplifted. And so for that, I decrease that you, the greater one might increase. I ask that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips as I declare your word. I thank you for the compassion of Jesus. That always flows from my heart. So, Father, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So, so good to be with you. Uh, I absolutely love your man and woman of God. Do you love your man and woman of God? Amen. And so uh, I'm just excited to be uh, with them, and I'm excited to share with you uh, on this morning. And I want to get right into uh, my lesson on today. want to talk to you from the subject of faith for amazing results. Faith for amazing results. How many of you need God to do something amazing in your life? Amen. And so if you would lend me your ear and your heart just for the next few minutes, not going to be before you're real long. I'm not one of them long-winded preachers, but uh, I do promise you that if you would lend me your, your ear and your heart for the next few minutes, that you will leave here better than when you came. Amen. And so what we're going to do is we're going to make us a declaration of faith, and then I'm going to get right into the Word. We've already prayed, and so I'm going to get right into my lesson. If you have a Bible, if you would hold it up just like this, And if you would repeat these words after me, somebody say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a doer, not just a hearer. And my life is the better after having heard the word of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. All right, all right. You can go ahead and go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. I'll be there in just a moment, but that way you'll already be there by the time I get to it. And so I want to talk this morning from the subject of faith for amazing results. Faith for amazing results. There are some incredible things that God wants to do in your life and also the life of this church. There's some incredible things going on in this church. Whether you know it or not, you are in an incredibly great, great church where God is doing incredible things. And, and, and this is, is, is just going to be an amazing year 
for your church. Uh, one thing I shared with the 9 o'clock service is, uh, you know, of course, we, we were able to break ground and build a new facility. And God did some amazing things. And it's, it's, it's amazing how when, when, you, uh, when you make things happen for the kingdom of God, God makes things happen for your own personal lives. When we were going through a whole uh, I, uh, thing with the project and, you know, our church is so young. By the, you know, we're only, well, we're seven years old. We'll be eight uh, in August. And so, you know, we grew quickly. We wanted to build quickly and those kind of things. And, you know, I, we got like 27 no's from banks. But we knew that our yes was out there, so we didn't waver. And so our church was in a faith fight, and we were just believing God to do all kind of things. And, 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 and also, there were so many members that were in faith fights for different things. They were believing for increase in prosperity. And some of them wanted to get, you know, some of the ladies wanted to get pregnant, and they couldn't get pregnant. And just all these kind of things. And so, you know, we were just believing together. We were praying together. You know, uh, we, were, we were unified, one mind, one spirit. We had the same confession. And it's amazing how when things broke for the church, immediately things started breaking for the people of God. A couple of ladies in the church that wanted to get pregnant and they couldn't. They always said, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And then, you know, somebody had been believing God for this incredible job and they got it. And so that just shows us that, that when, you get, when you get committed to your local church and to your man and woman of God, and when you get committed to the kingdom of God, God gets committed to you. Does that make sense? And so, so, so I, I just want to kind of go into this and in talking about amazing results that God wants to do some incredible things in your life, but it's only to the degree that you are properly positioned to receive the promise. You have to be properly positioned to receive the promise. How many know we don't come to church cause, just because it's Sunday? Isn't that right? We come to church for our spiritual development. We come to church to learn God's plan for our lives. And so, 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 so I want to show you some things. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and I want to get uh, right into it. Deuteronomy 28 and 1, it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments. Notice it didn't say some of them, but all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high high above all nations of the earth. It goes on to say, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So we're only at the second verse and he's already telling us two times that it's so important to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Watch what verse three says. It says, blessed shall thou be in the city. And blessed shall thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shalt thou be, shalt thou basket and thy store, blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. That sounds like a whole lot of blessings, right? But, but watch this, the, 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 the promise is only good if I work the principle, What's the principle? It's the principle of obedience because he said, listen, all these things are going to come upon you, you know, if you hearken diligently or obey the word or the voice of God. And so, so before I go to the last part, it's very important to understand that obedience is necessary in life, period, but especially when it comes to the things of God. That obedience is my entitlement to the blessing, but it is my faith that's going to access the promises of God in my life. You don't have to go to these scriptures, but you probably... 
have heard of Job 36 and 11. says that if we obey and serve him, we'll spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. I don't know about you, but I want to spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Uh, maybe Isaiah 1 and 19 says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So the Bible shows us the principle and then the promise that comes behind it. The principle of obedience and then what happens out of obedience. Um, Isaiah 1 and 19, a lot of times, even in Deuteronomy 28, I'm reading the blessings, but if you continue to go down, it says, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord, then there's all the curses. And a lot of times, you know, we don't like to look at that part, you know, but we have to understand to the degree that I'm obedient, I'll see God do some amazing things in my life. Now watch this. So, so we see all these things and then we go to verse seven. Then we go to verse seven. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee seven different ways. So the thing that came at you one way, he said, I'll I'll, I'll cause it to leave seven different ways. And in verse 8 says, watch this. This is the part I love. The Lord shall command. Everybody say command. How many know command is not a request? And to be able to command something means that you have to have the authority or the ability to make it happen. Isn't that right? And so he says that I will command the blessing. The blessing is simply the anointing to prosper. He says, I will command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse. And watch this. And in all that thou settest thy hand unto, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And so what happens is, we have to understand that when I position myself, because of obedience, when I, when I position myself in the place of God, that watch this, God blesses me, but he didn't just bless me, he commands good things to happen to me. Watch this, uh, uh, Job 37 and 5, it's in the Good News Translation. I'll just read it quickly. It says, and it, it says, at God's command, amazing things happen, wonderful things that we can't even understand. You ever been blessed and people wonder how in the world you got blessed? You got something good happened to you and people wonder how can you work the same job I, I have, you know, being living in the same economy because, you know, it's, it, it, it's something about, you know, the grace of God and the favor of God that's on my life to do what I cannot do. And so, yeah, so, so, so you have to understand that, that it is important to know that God wants to do some amazing things in your life, but it's to the degree that you can release faith for him. Now, there's, there's two quick things I want to share with you before I, I get into my points. Two quick things. The first thing I want you to understand is that amazing is possible. Repeat after me. Say amazing. amazing. It's possible. Go, go to Ephesians 3 and 20. So that's the first thing I want you to understand, that amazing is possible. But the second thing I want you to understand is not only is it possible, but it's the will of God. And you've got to act like it's the will of God for you to prosper in life. You've got to act like it's the will of God for you to be healed in life. And so, so amazing is possible. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do, watch this, exceeding abundantly, Above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. If I was reading in the message translation, part of that says far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. 
So he says that, that, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that I can ask or think. Well, what does that scripture mean? That scripture means that God has the ability to go beyond the scope of my present thinking. So he says, whatever it is that you're thinking and believing for, I can do that. But just so you know, I can do better than that. And then when you get to another level in faith, you got it, and you start believing for something even greater, he says, just so you know, I can do that. But just so you know, I can do better than that because I'm able to do exceeding abundantly and far above all that you can ask or think and other other words, God can fill any bag you give him as long as you give it to him in faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so God can fill any bag you give him because it is according to your faith, be it unto you. And I, you know, I love that, you know, when Jesus begins to talk and he tells the, he tells him that, hey, all things are possible if just you believe. The reason I love that is because it puts the ball in my court. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, it becomes possible for me if I can just believe. And so, and so believing is key. Believing is what separates the men from the boys, so to speak. Believing is what's going to cause you to see manifestation in life. And so, so, so amazing is possible, but not only is it possible, it's the will of God. It's the will of God that you live an amazing life. How many know it's not the will of God that you live a life of stress, strain, and struggle? How many know it's not the will of God for you to be broke all the time? How many know it's not the will of God for you to be sick all the time? It's not the will of God for you to be depressed all the time. I understand that, you know, as being a Christian, it does not exempt us from challenges. We understand that, right? The Bible says many are the afflictions. You got it? But, 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 but it doesn't stop there. He makes a commitment that no matter what you go through, that I'm going. He said many, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver me out of them all. And so it is not the will of God for me to be broke, busted, disgusted, can't be trusted. No, it's the will of God for me to live a life of no stress, no strain, no struggle where my my marriage is good, where my children is good, where my money is good, where my job is good, where my business is good. It's the will of God for things to be amazing in my life. Does that make sense? And you got to believe that it's the will of God for things to be amazing. Even if I can't, how many know I can't believe it for you? But you've got to believe that that's possible for your life. That it's, it's the will of God. John 10 and 10 teaches us it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have and that you might have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, in the full, till it overflows. And so you've got to understand that, that when I teach this, I teach it in two parts. Number one, the Bible says, it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the first thing you must understand is that when bad things happen, it's not God's fault. You got it? Repeat after me. I say, when bad things happen, it's not God's fault. And if we're not careful, we'll be going through something blaming God when God has nothing to do with it. He says, it is the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And to the degree that I can release faith and just keep walking with his word, I'll see amazing things happen in my life. All right. Now, now there's three things that I must be to see amazing results in my life. There's three things, there's three things I must be to see amazing things, uh, amazing results in my life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all three, and then we're going to go through them. First one is I must be intentional. I must be intentional. The second thing is I must be instructed. I must be instructed. And the third thing is I must be involved. So I must be intentional. I must be instructed. And I must be involved. Luke 137 in the Amplified, I'm going to read that to you. I must be intentional. I must be intentional in my faith. Why? Because I believe that nothing is too hard for God. I believe that he'll fill any bag I give him. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. The key for me is moving from a place of fear to a place of faith. 
How many know faith is not frustrating? How many know if we're saved, even if we're going through, we shouldn't be walking around with our heads down and our lips poked out? Come on, somebody. Always talking about if it ain't one thing, it's another. How many know we don't talk like that? If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck. At all. How many know we don't talk like that? You got it. No, you know, we have, uh, those of us that walk by faith, we understand the principle that we call those things that be not as though they were. And if we keep saying what the word says and keep saying what the word says and keep saying, even when I don't feel like it, because sometimes you don't feel like confessing the word. But just because you don't feel like it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So to the degree that I keep saying what the word says and have a discipline to keep saying it, eventually I'll see the word manifest in my life. Does that make sense? All right, so, 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 so Luke one thirty seven in the Amplified says, for with God, with who? God. You know, it, notice it, it, it didn't say uh, uh, with, with a good paycheck. You know, and we need paychecks, and we thank God for that. You gotta, it didn't say with the right person in your corner. How many of you already got the right person in your corner? You got it. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. Nothing is ever. What does the word ever mean? Ever. Y'all got it? What's the word ever mean? Ever. Y'all scared? Come on now. We got it right the first time. One more time. What's the word ever mean? Yeah. The Bible says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. Watch this. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And so the Bible teaches us that with God, nothing is impossible. And he's going to give you his word. And not only is he going to give you his word, but he backs it up with his power to perform it. So all he needs is your faith and you confessing the word of God and you staying in the fight and he does the rest. Does that make sense? All right. And so I must have intentional expectation. I must have intentional expectation. It is a, I must believe on purpose. Anything that happened in my life, you got it. Uh, although I was grateful, I was happy, I was not shocked. Why? Because I expect God to do amazing things in my life. And you've got to expect God to do amazing things in your life. And so I have intentional expectation. Expectation are breeding ground for miracles. What you expect, you will experience. Say, what I expect, I will experience. All right, watch this. If you're taking notes, this is a good, this is a good thing to write down. Intentional expectations produce supernatural manifestations. All right, I'll say it again. Intentional expectations produce supernatural manifestations. Now, we see that all through the Word of God. We see even with the Hebrew boys. They want to throw them in the fire. They say, you can do what you want, but our expectation is that God will deliver us. We see that with the women with the issue of blood. You got Her expectation is, Jesus don't even need to come to my house. If I can just get into his presence and touch the hem of his garment, my expectation is I'm going to be made whole. We see that with the, with the Seraphonician woman. She goes to Jesus and says, hey, my daughter is sick. Even after Jesus throws off on her and says, hey, it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. She did not get offended. Hello, somebody. Like most people do and walk away. She stayed in expectation and a level of faith and stayed in a level of honoring and said, yay, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And it's the level of expectation that we have that will cause us to see supernatural results in our lives. Does that make sense? So faith is not frustrating. Because when I'm in faith, I should be in joy. I should be in anticipation and expectation that God is moving on my behalf. Watch this, even though I might not be able to see it right now. 
That, that, that the Bible says that angels hearken unto the voice of his word. So the moment that I speak the word of God, angels are on assignment. And there's things that are happening, watch this, in the heavenly realm that have just not yet showed up in, in the earthly realm. But if I stay in faith, it's on the way. Does that make sense? All right. So I must be intentional. All right. Number two, I must be instructed. Number two, I must be instructed. I'm, I'm going to cut right to the chase because the bottom line is we need instruction in our lives. We need instruction in our lives. And, and I could go a lot of ways with coaches and all this kind of thing. But most people have no idea of the importance of having a pastor in their lives. If we're not careful, we just say, I'm going to church because it's Sunday, you know, and that's the right thing to do. But, but, but we need uh, pastors in our lives. Jeremiah 3 and 15 talks about, I will give you pastors according to my own heart that feed you with knowledge and understanding. Understand that it's the order of God that he gives pastors to us as gifts, and they lead us, and they instruct us, and they mentor us, and they give us wisdom, and they give us inspir- uh, spiritual impartation to make our lives the better. You got it? I'm a better man because of my pastor. I'm a better husband because of my pastor. My money is better because of my pastor. My children are better. My life is better because I got a man of God in my life. I got a woman of God in my life. You understand? You got it. And your life is better to the degree that you submit to your man and woman of God and honor the gifts that God gave you and receive what they give you. You'll see your life get even better and better and better. But most people discount that. See, see, because when, well, well, let's just think about it. Let's just use logics. Let, you know, let, let, you know, logics is we do not automatically come into the kingdom of God knowing and understanding how to function as a believer. Because what happens is when you got saved, your spirit man was regenerated. Isn't that right? But your behavior had to change and your mind had to be renewed by the word of God. But you didn't know how to do that by yourself. So you needed a pastor Eben and a pastor Sarah to teach you the word of God. You got it. And to instruct you in the word of God. You're taking those. You're doing what they're saying. And little by little, my oh, oh that's working. So my life is getting better. And to the degree that, that we honor our men and women of God that he's placed in our lives, we'll see amazing things happen in our lives. You got it. That's a good place to clap and you almost missed it. <laughs> so I must be instructed and I, I, I must be uh, in, I'm sorry, I must be intentional, I must be instructed, and then, then I must be involved. I must be involved. Faith without works is dead being alone. Faith without works is dead being alone. You know, uh, I, I have, you know, faith is really a two-sided coin. You have acting on one side, you have believing on the other. And even though believing is key, you gotta, I've got to act on it. But the reason believing is key is because if I believe it, I'll act on it. See, if I believe that tithing is the right thing to do and giving is the right thing to do, no one needs to twist my arm, you know, tell me to turn around three times and God's going to put a BMW in. No, no, no one needs to do that because if I believe it, I'll act on it. You got it? And so to the degree that I believe it, you know, I'll act on it. And so, you know, uh, you have to learn to put, you have to learn to put feet to your faith. You have to learn to put feet to your faith. You know, God is doing some incredible things for us in New Bern, North Carolina. We're a little small city. We got like 30,000 people. We don't, we don't have a whole lot of people. We're, we're in our seventh year. August will be, you know, we'll turn eight years old. And, you know, we've been able to build a building. And, you know, we've, we've got almost like 800 people coming on a Sunday morning. And I tell some people, ask me, you know, you got 800 adults? I say, no children. I count everybody. Because children count. I count the babies, I count the toddlers, I count everybody. You know, on Sundays when they text me, I say, all I need right now is just one number. Because everybody counts. You count what counts and, and children count. Isn't that right? 
And so, but even though that God is doing some great things, I need God to do some, some even more amazing things in our life and in our ministry. But I understand that I can't sit by the dock of the bay waiting on time to roll away. Tell my Lord, I'm waiting on you. Most of the time, it's not us waiting on God, but it's God waiting on us. He needs our permission and our participation to usher the will of God in our lives. Does that make sense? And so, so that's why I was so excited because, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the people that I mentor and, you know, sometimes they say, well, you know, give me some, give me some, some, some good life pointers. Give me some good life pointers. One of the main things I tell people is learn to be a giver, not a taker. Got too many takers in the world. And can I take it to the next level? We got too many takers in the body of Christ. No. If, see, you have to understand the spiritual principle. If I learn to be a giver and not a taker, you got it, to the degree that I give, God's going to bless me anyways. But my intention is out of the heart that God, because I love you, I just want to be good. You got it? I want to give, of, yeah, yes, my tithes in my offering. I understand that because for, but, but my heart is just to give all the way around. My heart is just, just to do things for my community. My heart is to go on a missions trip and help somebody. You know, that's just my heart is to give. And to the degree that I would learn to be a giver and not a taker, I'd see God do amazing things in my life. And so I, I've worked this principle time and time and time and time again. I was, I was, I was at Pastor Briggs' church uh, several years ago when we were trying to build our building. And we were, you know, and, and we were still in, in the process. And, you know, some banks had told me no. And by that time, I'm, like at like, I'm at like 20, I don't know, 24 banks had already told me no. They ain't bother me. No, because, no, my thing is this. You know, how, how did you feel? I felt all right. Because after the first two or three no's, I got used to it. So everything was okay. I knew my yes was out there. And so watch this. So, so even when the banker told me no, I didn't get all frustrated with him and binding the devil in the name of you. I just realized he wasn't the one. But I, I knew that the right one was out there. And so, so Pastor Briggs was having this, this, this big conference, and, and, uh, uh, you know, and we were trying to save money for our building, you know, and, and, and we had already sold and, and those kind of things, and so we, but we were trying to save money for our building. So I had some money in my savings account, uh, my personal savings account, and, uh, uh, and, and then uh, they, 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 the, uh, everyone, nobody, uh, everybody, they were doing motivational giving, and everybody had given. They were still like $21,000 away, you know, from meeting their budget. So, so the Lord said, uh, you need to meet the budget. And, you know, I ain't going to lie. I just, I just ignored it. I figured that can't be God. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, because God knows I'm trying to build a building. God knows I need some money. You understand what I'm saying? But his principle is if you give, it'll come back to you. You got it. So I figured surely, you know, I'll do the right thing and mention it to my wife. And after she tells me no, I can explain to God why it was okay we didn't give. And so I, 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 I leaned over, you know, and I, I said, babe, I said, you think we need to meet the budget? Expecting her to, like, look at me like, you know, are you sure? You know, she said, yes. I said, say that again. <laughs> and so, you know, so, we, so I walk up to the mic, and I, I say, you know, Pastor Briggs, we're, you know, we're going to meet the budget. We need God to do some incredible things in New Bern, and so $21,000. Everybody's jumping and screaming except me. Everybody feel the Lord. You got it. The music and the drums. They want to shout and do all that. Everybody happy. You got it. You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm like, praise the Lord. You got it. I was sitting next to, I was sitting, uh, Bishop Hilliard was preaching with him. I was sitting right next to Bishop. He pat me on the shoulder. It didn't make me feel any better. <laughs> but, but at that moment, you got it. The Holy Spirit encouraged me. You got it. That sacrifice sets, and I don't even know why I'm going this route, because this isn't part of my lesson, but, but let me give it to you real quick. That sacrifice sets in motion the supernatural power of God. 
And a lot of times it's not about it's not about us waiting on God. It's about God waiting on us to do something so he can trigger the supernatural in our lives. Does that make sense? So so guess what happens? So so I go back home. And I talked, and I had already talked to two more bankers, and I, I go back home, you got it, and, uh, and both of them said no. But my faith was not shaken because I knew that I had seed out there. And so watch this. I told you I live in a little old city, right? So I live in this little old city. The Lord says, you need to go down to the local credit union. I'm like, they ain't got no money to loan us. You know, because I'm, I'm trying to do big banks, and, you know, all my friends tell me they're banks. I'm trying everybody. No, not every, everybody. I'm trying everybody. And so then I go in, and so, you know, I talk to the guy, and he's like, well, I've heard about your church. I've heard the growth and those kind of things. And so, you know, now one thing, I'm, I'm a businessman. You got it? So when I walk in, you know, I, got, I have a plan. I've got all of our profit and loss. I've got our balance state. I, got, I, got our, I have our vision. Uh, you know, I just got everything. And so, I, you know, I say, hey, just want to show you all this stuff. And he got real interested. He said, no, let me go make copies. I said, no, those are for you. He said, oh, okay. And so, and, and, and so it wasn't three days later. He's emailing me. You got it? He, now, now, before we walked out, he got all excited. He started looking at it, talking about, yeah, it'll be a nice church. I said, yeah, it's going to be a nice church. He said, yeah, and I like how you got that. I said, yeah. I like. And so what am I doing? I'm getting him in faith to be on my team. You got it? Because, because now, what, you know, back up, before I even sold the $21,000 seed, I understood the principle that you call those things that be not as though they were. So if you keep, you know, if you keep saying it, you, you know, you, you have to understand, God only said what he wanted. He said, let there be light, and what happened? Light showed up, right? And so you, the principle is you say what you want. And so, so even when we didn't have any money, you got it, and we didn't have a loan, you know, I went to an architect. And I told him, without limits, is building the breaking ground. He said, who's that? I said, without limits. He said, okay, without limits, is building breaking ground. I said, yeah. He said, well, you need to, um, you need to go um, and get you a builder. I said, okay. And so I talked to a builder, and I told him, without limits, uh, it, no, he called a builder. And he told him, without limits, is breaking ground. So the guy calls me the next day. He, he said, I hear you guys are building and breaking ground. I said, yes, sir, we're building and breaking ground. So watch this. I'm saying it. You know, I got my wife saying it. I got my church saying it. Hello, somebody. You got, I got the architect saying it. He calls the builder. I got the builder saying it. And then the, and then the builder said, well, you need to go down to the city. You got it. I, you know, found out later, they thought that we already had all our money and everything that we needed, right? But I'm going as far as my integrity would take me. You got it. I ain't, I ain't lied to nobody. I'm, t- I'm just calling those things that be not as though we're going to build and break ground. So I go to the city, right? And I tell them, yeah, um, they told me to come down here because we're going to build and break ground. So they said, so without limits is building and breaking ground? I say, yes, ma'am. She says, is that the, the new church? I say, yes, ma'am. She said, I heard a lot about it. I say, yes, ma'am. I said, just remember, without limits is building and breaking ground. She kind of looked at me funny. And I was just, you know, just kind of looking. She said, okay, without limits is building and breaking ground. I got everybody saying it. Oh, look, I'm so far now. I just need to get the builder, uh, the, uh, the banker to say it. So I'm in faith with him. You got, now, he didn't say it that first day, but he told me, I'm going to go to work for you. When three days later, he emailed me. He said, hey, we got an approval, but it's based on conditions. I said, God can work anything out, you know. <laughs> but, but, but had I not sacrificed and obeyed God, because that's what we talked about from the beginning. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you obey and serve him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. And my question is, what's holding you back from obeying God? What's, what, what, what's the thing that's... What, what, is it a seed that God has told you to sow? Is it somebody that God has told you to forgive? What is it that's holding you back from seeing the supernatural power of God in your life? Oh, man, that's good all by itself right there. 
I must be instructed. I must be intentional. I must be instructed, and I must be involved. I must be intentional. I must be instructed, and I must be involved. Let me give you these last three things, and I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Three things that I must do, three things I must do, uh, or I'm sorry, three things I must overcome to see amazing results in my life. Three things I must overcome to see amazing results in my life. Let me give you all three of them. I'm sure we'll get to them, but in case we don't, at least you know where I was going. Number one, days of contradiction. Everybody say days of contradiction. All right. Number two, distractions. Everyone say distractions. And then number three, everyone say distortions. All right, so let, let's go through them real quick. Days of contradiction. Days of contradiction. A days of contradiction is when my current confession is not matching up with my current situation. It, well, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, well, I'm confessing all my needs are met according to heaven's best, but I need some money right now. I'm confessing that by his stripes I'm healed, but I got some pain in my body right now. And so it is to the degree that in these times that I have days of contradiction that I am fully persuaded that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, that if he said it, he's going to do it. And if he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass in my life. And, and, and so, so now I have, I, I'm fully persuaded and I have faith in the faithfulness of God. What do you mean? Well, anytime I may be going through a challenge, I'm encouraged based on the resume of the things he's already done for me in life. How he's already opened doors. How he's already made ways. How he's already healed my body. How he's already protected my children. How he's already caused increase to come into my life. And I understand that if he did it before, he'll do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. Does that make sense? And so to the degree that I can understand faith and, 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 and understand that quitting is not an option and throwing in the towel is not an option and understand this one principle when I'm walking by faith that if I'm willing to wait forever, it won't take that long. But I got to be willing to wait forever. You say, why? Because I, I got to let the devil know I'm going to outlast him. Does that make sense? i got to let the devil know I'm going to outlast it. I only plan on this going four rounds, and I see that I'm already in the four, and it doesn't look like I'm winning. So what do I do? I stay in the fight. You got it. And, and, and so, so I let the devil know, no, I'm going to outlast you. So if it takes five or six or seven or eight rounds, that, no problem. You got it. Fight's not over till I win. Fight's not over till I win. But the doctor said, fight's not over till I win. But the banker said, fight's not over till I win. But the architect said, fight's not over till I win. And I intend to win. You know, you know, you know real, real quick, the, when, uh, when we were uh, getting um, uh, our approval and everything, they tried, we, we, uh, the way our building is, we, ha- we have some roofs, and then they drop down, and we got some more roofs on the side. You know, just some nice architectural things that make the building look nice. And so they, they told us, you'd be real better if you just make one roof. And my wife was in there, right? And, uh, you know, she's a real sweet girl, you know, but when she know what God told her, she know what God told her. You got it? And so she said, no, sir, we don't want a barn. I'm like, baby, he's going to give us some money. Be quiet now. <laughs> no, she said, baby, that's a barn. I said, I, I understand. You know, she said, no, we don't want a barn. You know, got, you know and, and, and so, so, she, so we showed, you know, we had a picture and everything. And she says, sir, this is what God told us to build. And, and we walked through that every step of the way. Architect would try to change something, you know, or they'd ask us. I said, look at the picture. What you see, that's what God told us to build. Well, we just thought if you would change it. And I said, no, 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 no. I got to do what God says because God paying for this. So I got to do what God says. Does that make sense? And in your life, you got to do what God told you to do. 
Don't you worry about what somebody else said. You know, your big giving day, and maybe God's talking to you to give a seed that you've never sown before. Maybe a three or $5,000. I don't know your situation. Maybe you've been saving some money and God's talking to you. You know, you can't be telling everybody, girl, I don't, I don't know if I was you. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I know the economy's coming back around. No, you got to obey God and do what he told you to do. And to the degree that you do what God told you to do, you're going to see amazing in your life. So I have to overcome days of uh, contradiction. Then I have to overcome distractions. Everybody say distractions. The thing that, uh, that's important to understand about distractions is that they are temporary and they're typically designed to cause you to lose focus. If you remember Hebrews 12 and 1, it talks about uh, we're foreseeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that do so easily beset us. And, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Y'all know the scripture. And, and, and so, so, but it says the weight and sin. Sometimes it's not sin that's holding us back. Sometimes it's just weight. And a lot of times weight can be distractions in life. And so you have to learn. That, that, that's why it's so important to make sure that we have a cultivated a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit so he can help us to eliminate distractions in our lives. Sometimes people are distractions. Sometimes negative people are distractions in our lives. You got it? Maybe, maybe something you're doing, it might not even be a bad thing. You got it? Maybe it's a hobby, but you're doing it too much. It's become a distraction from what God really wants you to do in life. Because everything has to be about balance. And so we have to learn that. And so, so we, we have to do that. What, this is, this is, the bottom line is this. When it comes to distractions, you have to understand what the enemy is after is your faith. All right? You know, lady came to me at the, at the, um, uh, at the line. Uh, it's been probably about a year ago. And uh, she told me the devil was fighting her. I said, okay. And she said, yeah, because, you know, the, 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 she said, the re- does the devil fight you? I said, well, sometimes. She said, well, I have such a strong anointing. And he's fighting me. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And she's looking at me. She wants a response. And I said, what the enemy is after is your faith. Why? He knows he can't whip you, so he tries to wear you out. And so you can't be ignorant concerning Satan's devices. That's why the Bible says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we just don't quit. If we faint not. So, so I've got, got to overcome days of distraction. I've got to overcome uh, I'm, days of contradiction. I've got to overcome distraction. And the last thing is I've got to overcome distortions. I've got to overcome distortions. People will distort things in your life that are good for you to make you back up in faith and not experience God's best in your life. I'm going to read that to you one more time. People will distort things in your life that are good for you to make you back up in faith and not experience God's best in your life. And so, so you've got to understand that, that, that how many know there are negative people in the world? How many know everybody don't like to see you do good? How many know everybody don't like to see you prosper? You got it. I, I, you, know, I, you know, it's kind of like people have this crab mentality. You ever seen a bunch of crabs in the bucket? And what happens when one crab starts to get to the top of the bucket? All the ones at the bottom, what do they do? They start grabbing at them, right? Yeah, because birds of a feather flock together. They want everybody to be in the same misery group together. You got it. And so sometimes people don't like to see you prosper. Can I just be real with y'all on this morning? I'm about to go in two minutes anyways. See, sometimes people hate you because they ain't you. No, because they don't understand how God is blessing you and how you got this and how they thought you were going to end up in divorce court, but your marriage got turned around or how you got a repoed car, but you driving another. People don't understand the favor of God. And sometimes people will hate you just because they ain't you. But it is in those times you have to watch this. You can't get in pride. You can't get in arrogance. But you remain faithful and thankful saying, man, this is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in this day and every day of my life. 
And so what you have to do is you have to stay away from, 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 from negative and small-minded people. Because people will impose limitations on you. And the danger of them imposing limitations is it, it hinders your expectation. When your expectation has been hindered, your faith has nothing to work with. The Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped for. So when you hinder my expectation, you have now defrauded my hope. And my thing is, who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do, where I can and cannot go, and what I can and cannot be? Until you make you a Bible and make you a world, I'm going to follow this one. And even if you try, I'm still going to follow this one. And so here's the key. Two things I want to leave with you. Here's the key, and then I'm going to pray and we're going to be done. Two things. If, if you remember anything, I really want you to remember. I want you to remember it all, but, you know, buy the CD, but I want you to remember this. In life, there's two things that you got to focus on. You got to hold on to the word and keep looking toward the father. You got to hold on to the word and keep looking toward the father. You got to hold on to the word and keep looking toward the father. Watch this. There was a pastor and he was asked to go and perform a wedding in another state. And he agreed and said, yeah, I'll come. They said, you know, pastor, if you come, we'll take care of your hotel. You know, we'll give you something for doing it. You know, they treat him real good and everything. He said, yeah, no problem. So a couple days later, what happens is the, uh, the bride calls the pastor or, or gets, you know, connected with the pastor and says, hey, you know, pastor, I had this great idea. I, you know, during my wedding, I want, you know, I want your son to walk down with the word because, you know, the word is so important. We want it to be the foundation of our marriage, you know, and, and all those kind of things. And, and so uh, he's like, okay, you know, his little boy is only about five years old, real cute little guy, you know, and, and, and kind of like Landon, his age and, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, so he's like, yeah, you know, that's no problem you know and so 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 what happens is he they fly uh, they, they, they fly the um the, the pastor down they fly the little boy down and remember what i said hold on to the word and keep looking to the father and so they go through their rehearsal and so everything's going good the little boy you know of course it's real laid back nobody's in there he's got the bible and he's just kind of walking down and they're like oh it's gonna be so cute tomorrow it's gonna be nice and everything so the wedding day comes and all of a sudden the little boy, he's, you know, starting to look funny. And the dad's like, you know, is everything okay? He said, Dad, I don't want to do it. He said, why? He said, I'm nervous. He said, oh, you going to be all right? He said, Dad, yesterday when we had the rehearsal, wasn't nobody in here. He said, that's a whole bunch of people. I ain't, I'm out. I ain't doing it. And so this is what his dad said. His dad said, son, look, you're going to be all right. I got to go. I got to get around there. He said, but this is what you need to do. He said, when you come down that aisle, he said, just have a tight grip on the word. He said, just keep looking straight because I'm going to be right in front of you. So he said, hold on to the word and just look to your father. Hold on to the word and just look to your father. And so he, the doors open when it's his time to come. And he sees his dad. And he keeps his eyes on his father. And boy, he had that, he had that Bible tight. And boy, he's just walking down. And he's looking at his dad. And he's walking down. And he made it all the way to the end. When he made it, boy, he just had this sense of relief. And the key in life is if we can just hold on to this word. And look to our Father in every area of our lives that He'll never leave us, that He'll never forsake us, but He'll always be with us until the end. Do you receive that on today? So listen, thank you so much for letting me be with you on today. Pastor, Pastor Chase is going to come, but let me just pray with you real quick. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that it's sealed. We bind the hand of the enemy that would try to steal the seed that's been sown. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together.